This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome back, Steeler fans, a part two of the Steelers preview. I'm Jeff Hartman, senior editor behind the steel curtain.com. Joined as always by Dave Schofield, Brian Anthony Davis, and Melvin Ingram wants a trade. I saved this till the beginning of part two. I figured we'll just save the news for that part. Melvin Ingram wants a trade. That's what the report was. And that's from uh, Aditi Kinkwabala of the NFL Network, also Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. I just want to get your all's take, what you think about this when you heard the news. Brian, go ahead. Hey, uh, Mike Tomlin wants to go to USC or LSU or the Raiders too. You know, I mean, really, until it comes from their mouths, I do not, I do not believe it. Uh, you know what? They made it quite clear to Justin Houston, and they made it quite clear to Melvin Ingram what was in front of them when they were making them making their offers. It was uh, not good enough for Justin Houston. He went to Baltimore, and I respect that because he had a better opportunity there. It was fine for Melvin Ingram at the time. I don't know if Mel- Melvin Ingram is uh, is even saying this, because this is, you know the deal. You got to have the story first. Aditi um, might have heard something, might have heard that there's whispers, but until there's an exact quote from Melvin Ingram, I don't believe this. That's interesting. Dave, what do you think? I just don't see how the Steelers can move them if they don't have another answer there. I mean, you've got to think Ingram knew what was happening when he came in. What what was he promised? What was he told? There's no what way if, they're going to tell him he he's was, going to start. But what if he was told that it would be an open competition with Alex Highsmith? Okay. Um, and if. so to me, if that's the case, he once traded, it's not as much about his playing time. I mean, granted, he didn't play as many snaps the last game, but to me, it would almost be like he'd be more upset because Highsmith got all the snaps and he might've felt that he deserved more than that. But at the same time, I also understand the whole notion of, you know, you had to play hundred percent of the snaps in week three because we had no choice. You know, he played 86% of the snaps in week two. All right. Maybe it's like maybe we want to keep this number down a little bit to make sure you're you're doing all right, because we're trying, you know, we're trying to do what's best for you as well. He's played 62 percent of the Steelers snaps on defense for the season. Do you think he was promised more than that? I don't know. That's it's that's that's what we're trying to. No one knows. No one ever will know what the Steelers were promising him in terms of playing time. But let me ask you this question as a follow-up. If they were to trade someone, something, what do you think would be appropriate compensation for Melvin Ingram? Brian, we'll start with you. I'd love to get a four. I think you get a five at best. Yeah, I think five at best. Four. That's I mean, you look at what guys are people are giving up for players now, it's nothing. Yeah, it's seventh round pick, a 2023 seventh rounder, whatever. What about you, Dave? What do you think? 
Well, here's the other thing you got to remember as part of the equation. If you, if you, you know, kind of send out Mel, Melvin Ingram, he goes to another team and then decides to sign somewhere else. Then you're talking about getting even another, getting a comp pick for him the following year. You know, if Melvin Ingram just plays his one year here in Pittsburgh and then goes and signs somewhere else for a, for a decent amount of money, he could be a fifth round comp pick. So someone, if they want to give you, you know, a 2023 fifth rounder, they might be getting the same thing right back. And for me, for the Steelers, that's not enough. That's not enough. Honestly, you want to know what I want in return? I don't think it's going to happen. I want another player. I want, to, I want another player somewhere else because that's going to help the Steelers now more than a draft pick in a year or two. Well, you know what I'm saying? And I, I just don't think – I wouldn't listen – I don't think they get anything higher than a five. I wouldn't trade him for anything less than a three or for a player that you feel is going to help you right now simply because you're better off keeping him. That's the thing. He's, he's an insurance policy. Yeah. So, you know, what if – and both of those players, TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith, have had groin injuries. And now guess who else has a groin injury? Melvin Ingram, who's been limited the last two days of practice yep. with his own groin injury. You know, you're, you're the Steelers cannot, cannot even entertain a trade. They'd have to have an offer that literally they couldn't refuse. Yeah. So we're not going to get to that. But let's let's do some over-under, though, and let's switch it up a little bit. You all ready? Sure. All right, here we go. Ben Roethlisberger yards. We're going to set the line at 250. I, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm hoping the game is going a certain way <laughs> over under Brian. I'm afraid over. All He's right. going to have to sling it. Dave. I'm going to go slightly under. Oh, that means that another part of this, which is Najee Jerome Harris, the over under for his Jerome. yards <laughs> 82 and a half. Najee Jerome Harris. How many yards? 82 and a half over under. Brian, what do you think? You're muted. You're muted again. Now you're not. <laughs> now you are. Now you're not. <laughs> yeah, keep pressing it. Keep pressing. Uh, I'm tired. I did you over under. <laughs> um, 82 I think and a half. It's slightly over. I think it's over. You're, this is like rushing yards, rushing right? Rushing only. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I okay. I know that's right. that's I know that's a good front seven, but um, I'm I'm hoping for some magic from uh, the Hulk. All right, Dave. Over under eighty two and a half. Eighty two and a half. I'm going to go over as well because I still think, you know, not Najee could could run for eighty six yards, and we could feel like it's not that and you know what i'm saying yeah that great so to me that the number's low enough that you could do it that it wouldn't be impressive i i want to see him run for more I, i'm when i was throwing that number of 86 or 7 that that doesn't mean that's what i think it'll be but i'm hoping I, i'm saying he goes over that one i want to see slightly under i think he's gonna be around 80 next Najee Harris receiving yards we'll say 46 and a half brian over under i'm going to say over slightly Dave. okay dave I'll, you know what? I'll go over as well. Um, no, no, I'm changing my mind. I'm going under on that one. I'm going under. All right. I think he goes over. I think he's going to be around 60. I think he's going to have a good day. He's going to be very, he's going to be the focal point. He always has been this year. Let's go. Ben Roethlisberger interceptions thrown. The line set at one and a half. Brian over under. I'm going to go ahead and say 
over. He'll have two. Ugh. Dave? I'm going under. Um, I'm more worried about the the strip sack fumbles than I am the interceptions, mm. believe it or not. I got it. Let's go to Ben Roethlisberger touchdowns. I'm going to go under, by the way, on the INTs. Uh, ben Roethlisberger touchdowns, one and a half. Brian, over, under. Over. He'll have two. Okay, Dave. One and a half. You know what? I'm going to go over as well. I'm going to go with two. Okay. I'm going to take the over two. Pittsburgh Steelers sacks on Browns quarterbacks. Two and a half. Brian, over, under. Mm. Let's say slightly over with three. Dave? Um, I'm. You say two and a half. Yes, sir. Maybe I should push. No, I know you can't push that. So I'm. I'm sorry. I'm doing a, a, a quick calculation. They give up on average uh, two point seven a game. Ooh, so they they that? give up more than the Steelers do. Even yeah. even with what's considered a better offensive line, just in the style of way when they go to throw the ball. Um, you know, Baker's Baker's not deciding who he's throwing to before he snaps it and getting it out really quick. He's actually going to look at, and I'm notice I'm still saying Baker, um, that he's going to look and see what the receivers are doing and then try to hit them. And there, therefore, for that, he'll hold the ball onto the ball more. So now that I've given you the nice long explanation, <laughs> it is over. <laughs> I'm going to take the over as well with three. And the Steelers sacks surrendered. This is uh, Cleveland Brown sacking Mr. Roethlisberger, BTR. I'm going to say it set it at three and a half. Brian, over, under. Under with three. Ooh. Okay, Dave, I think it'd be a good day. I'm going with the law of averages. They average 2.85 snap sacks a game, so I'm going to say under. I'm going to say gonna, that it's three. I'm going to get under as well. Not so much because the offensive line just does has an incredible game. I think the Steelers are going to throw the ball really quick uh, and not give them a chance to really get after them. So that's my thought. That's my over-under. Let's go into game picks before we get to trivia. Uh, the spread is three and a half points the last I saw, and that was both on tally site as well as the – DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, I have DraftKings up right now. I just refreshed it just to it make still sure. three and a half? It is still three and a half, and the over-under is 42. And before we do this, Dave, do you want to throw in your little stat you talked about before we came on the air in your as a part of your pick, or do you want to say that before we give our picks? Because I think it's a very valuable statistic. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll say that. If, if this line holds now, we do know this line could move a lot if all of yeah. a sudden the injury report has – 17 players out for the Browns that they're, they were just messing around saying, Oh, they were limited because they stepped out and, and, and threw a ball. You know what I'm saying? Um, if this, if this line holds, it will be the, the most points in which Ben Roethlisberger has been an underdog against the Cleveland Browns in any game he has played because they've been bigger underdogs, but they were in games where Ben didn't play. So not only that, it's only the third time in his career that Ben Roethlisberger will be an underdog against the Cleveland Browns. I'm trying to think of the other two games. Oh, just wait. Oh, just wait. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. <laughs> okay. It'll. That's not trivia, but it's part of. It'll come up during. That okay. Time. All right. Okay. All right. So Brian, let's go with you. Minus three. Uh, plus three and a half for the Steelers. What's your prediction for this game? How do you see it playing out? What's your score? You know, my head keeps on saying that uh, 
that the Browns are going to uh, take this one and the Steelers are going to take the one on Monday Night Football, January 3rd. But my gut just keeps on going towards the Steelers saying, nah, not this week, fellas, and winning this game. So I'm going to see the Steelers squeak by with a Boswell field goal at the buzzer. They have a buzzer. I, I think that's <laughs> basketball. But 27 of 26. Oh my Buzzer. gosh! Someone that's, get someone get Brian to you, bed. That, that's what you hear whenever when when you're wondering what's going on when Sapphire steals your phone. Uh, <laughs> oh, Saffy! Someone oh, get Brian to bed. Dave, what's your uh, <laughs> prediction? I've I'm I'm going strictly heart on this one. I really am. I I don't want to overthink it. I'm kind of concerned. I could see this game. I could see the Steelers coming out of the bye and just being rejuvenated and saying, hey, we've won, you know, was it four straight coming out of the bye? And they're just going to go in there and just stomp stomp the doors off of them. Is that a word? I don't know if that's the phrase or not. Stop they're just going to go in. Hole. Stop yeah. a mud hole. So I could see that. I could see them to- going out there and starting flat like they generally do coming out of a bye because I said this stat on the Scobro show last year coming out of the bye, if you could call it a bye, what they had last year, when they scored a first quarter touchdown against the against the Philadelphia Eagles in the first quarter coming out of the bye was the first touchdown they had scored in the first quarter coming out from a bye since 2008. They just don't get going. I'm thinking of sitting in the stands, watching them go down 14 to nothing against the terrible Miami Dolphins in 2019. And again, they did come back and win. But so I can see it going either way. So I'm going heart. And what I'm saying is, even though it's only the second time under Coach Tomlin where the Steelers are underdogs in a game coming out of the bye, got to throw more stats out there as much as I can. I am going with the Pittsburgh Steelers 24 and the Cleveland Browns 13. Mm, You're close to my pick. I had 24-20 Steelers win. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be entertaining. And we're back. <laughs> and we're back. Do you guys? Do you guys like? Because Tony Romo and Jim Nance are doing this game. Yeah. Do you all like Tony Romo, Brian? Do you like Tony Romo as a color commentary guy? I don't mind him. I I hated Phil Sims, so he replaced Phil Sims. So I'm fine. He he's a, he's a little exuberant, and but I, I don't have a problem with a guy. I'm not a fan. Dave, what do you think about Mr. Romo? Let's say this. If the Steelers didn't have Romo and Nance for at least one game during the season, I would probably miss it. If they got to go two weeks in a row, it gets old. Well, they already had him once. They had him in Green mm-hmm. Bay. The The Green Bay game was Nance and Romo. And- exactly. But if they were back-to-back games, I'd probably get old. It's been it's been a long enough time. I'm okay for another game of, of, of Tony Romo. He just sometimes he does try to do too much, tries to call the plays, tries to over, you know, it's almost over the top at times. Um, and usually I don't mind it if it's not the Steelers playing, but when it is the Steelers, sometimes yeah. it bothers me. Phil Sims was the absolute worst. I hated Phil Sims because yeah, he hated the Steelers and he made it very obvious. If, I don't yeah. know why he hated the Steelers. Like if Boomer Esiason was on, I would get it because, you know, obviously the division yeah. and stuff. But, anyways, okay, we have some trivia to get to, right, Dave? Sure. Brian, Brian, do you have trivia? Yes, 
Say there. All right. Well, before we do this, let's get to Tom Muir's $5. He just put that in the tip jar. He said, sorry, late joining. Who's the best tackle to block Miles Garrett? Or is That's I a great him, question. Or as I call him, Big Turd. So <laughs> um, let's talk about this. That's a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, uh, we obviously know Zach Banner is an option. We don't know if he's going to start or play. Thank you for the tip, Tom, by the way. Uh, who's the best block? Who's the best tackle to block Mr. Garrett, a.k.a. Big Turd? Oh, goodness. Uh, I'd have to say Banner if he does play. Um, some people would say Chooks, but I, you know where I stand, so let's go Banner. Dave, what do you think? That's the million-dollar question. And the thing is, does he switch sides? He does. Garrett? Yeah, so they they can say, you know what? If they're going to start the rookie at left tackle, we're going to go line them up against the rookie. I don't, I don't know if the Steelers have a good answer. Like I would go with Brian's answer of Banner. We just we don't have the information of how he's doing right now. And if we're talking pass rush, that I'm we're de- that's definitely we're not sure what he can do since we haven't seen him since week one of the 2020 season. So unfortunately. You know, for some reason, Chooks does step up when he plays a guy like uh, Vaughn Miller. I don't know that that Miles Garrett's the same style of player, but let, let's let's see. I'm telling you, Chooks is the guy. <laughs> I don't know. Mark Potomac might have it right. It might be Joe Hegg. <laughs> Chooks is the guy, and I'm telling you, he steps up big against big time pass rushers. He he held, he did a a good job with Vaughn Miller twice. I think he's done well against Miles Garrett. I'd have to go back and look at Miles Garrett and how he's done against the Steelers in terms of sacks. I don't remember him having a big game against Pittsburgh ever. He's had sacks, but it's not been like he dominated the game. So I'm going to go with Chooks. I know that Brian hates that because he hates Chooks, but um, don't anyway, I do not hate question. him. Yeah, you hate him like like Dave hates Deontay Johnson. There we go. <laughs> All right, Brian, go to your trivia. Let's do it. All right, so in the last, let's say the last uh, 30 years, there's been one quarterback that has the best record against the Steelers as far as, let's, let, let me change that, the most wins against the Steelers. Who is it? Last 30 years? Yep. Best record, you would think it'd be the someone that played against them often. Let me change that. Most wins. Tom Brady has a lot, but I feel like it's a division quarterback. I don't feel like no, it's, it's a Browns player. Oh, a Browns player. Okay. Yes. I didn't what hear Browns that player. Bernie Kazar. David. Well, I tell you this. Since Ben Roethlisberger. Nobody, since Ben Roethlisberger's taken over in 2004, nobody other than Baker Mayfield has more than one win against the Steelers. So you have to either go back to the 80s or 90s, or else the answer is Baker Mayfield. I'm going to go back to uh, 1999 and a couple couple more, one in 2000 and one in 2003, and I'm going to say Tim Couch has three wins against the Steelers. So does Baker Mayfield. You were looking at regular season. You weren't counting playoffs. Okay. Well, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. 
Dave. <laughs> no, no. Well, and that's NFL stats. So yeah. So NFL stats, they don't count playoff stuff for some reason. So it technically that would be the tiebreaker. It would it would be couch with that. Okay. Now, I want to give a yeah. shout out to Darwin Nolan who brought up Kelly Holcomb. I still have nightmares <laughs> over watching Holcomb to Dennis Northcutt uh, in that playoff game. And thankfully Northcutt dropped a critical pass on third down, which the Steelers turned into a touchdown and turned into the winner. Anyways, I digress. Is that it, Brian? That's a good question. I thought yeah, you said all NFL, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> no problem. Um, Dick Shiner was a quarterback hey, for quarterback. the Steelers and the Browns. Oh, now I hate him. And well, he he only threw about six passes for the Browns. That's fine. Can you name another quarterback that actually played against the Steelers in the last, let's say, the last uh, 25, 30 years as well? Another former Steeler that played for the Browns at quarterback. Oh, pick me. Was I say, okay, Dave, I, go ahead. Go ahead. You got it, Jeff. Is it Gradkowski? It's Gradkowski. Yeah. That's that one. That's one. How many, how many are there? Mike Tomzak's the other that I'm thinking. Oh, well, I didn't know. Oh. Did you say two? Yeah. No, I, I can. Oh, okay. Can you name one? Is yeah. what I said. Uh, okay. All right. I thought there was only one. Tomzak. Tomzak. Yeah, Tomzak played. Yeah, he played for the Browns. He was a little weasel. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Tomzak's okay. the greatest backup quarterback in Pittsburgh Steelers history. Whoa. What? Whoa. Really? Whoa. Slow it down there, big guy. Slow it down. Whoa. <laughs> like you just that is blaspheming against Mr. Batch. I hope I love understand. Batch, but Tom Zack is Tom Zack did more. Yeah. In your opinion. Okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what is what is up with these Cleveland Brown quarterback questions? Because that, that that's kind of what I got a little bit. Okay, you ready for let's it? Do it then. Yeah. All right. Ben Roethlisberger has faced the Cleveland Browns a total, you know, regular and postseason. He has played in 28 games against the Browns. He started 27. We all know about that other game, correct? <laughs> Landry Jones. Yeah. Landry Jones started and got hurt. And <laughs> they dressed Ben just in case. And all of a sudden, boom, he's playing more than three quarters of the game. So of those games where, where Ben is the starter, you all do you all know his record? Do you know? what his record is against the Browns. So he's lost three and he's tied one. Right? Yes. So that's 24. Thank you to Kyle three Price in his mm -hmm. video. That's mm -hmm. how I knew that. He did yep. that visit Cleveland visiting mm -hmm. the visitor video. Oh, yeah. I love that video. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so he's as a starter, he's 23, three and one. Okay. Who were the quarterbacks in those four non wins for the Cleveland Browns? Okay, so I know Tyrod Taylor was the tie. Tyrod Tyrod Taylor was the tie. Um, I'm trying to think of the game on Thursday night football. It was really windy. It was cold. The Steelers looked like absolute trash. They lost that game. I had to watch it on my computer. Um, I can't remember who the quarterback was though. For well, he didn't he lose to um oh he did that horrible commercial. Quarterback in Notre Dame, Brady Quinn. Didn't he lose to Brady Quinn once? In 2009, the Steelers fell to the Cleveland Browns and Brady Quinn by a score of 13 to 6. Brady Quinn's stat line <laughs> 6 of 19 for 90 yards and zero touchdowns. 
I remember there's an EAS commercial. They do supplements, <laughs> and he was on a treadmill, and he gets off, and it's the worst commercial. And Brady Quinn goes, "Now I'm done," and he starts chugging this protein shake. And I always, I still make fun of that mm-hmm. to this day. Brady Quinn. So we have two, right? So how many more? So you got there? Tyrod Taylor, is Natalia. You got Brady Quinn. Then you got the two other losses. Brian. Well, aren't the two other losses Baker Mayfield? Baker Mayfield is one of them. He is the postseason game last year. That is the only time he has ever beat Ben Roethlisberger. The other two wins Mayfield has had over the Steelers or as the previous week, which was Mason Rudolph and the infamous helmet smash game, which was also Mason Rudolph. Then I'm going to have to think at this point, gosh, was it Hoyer? In 2014, it was one where the Steelers fell 31 to 10 to the Cleveland Browns, led by Brian Hoyer. He was eight of 17 for 217 yards and one touchdown. So what's funny is 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 other than if you take the playoffs out of it, playoffs would take out the playoffs. The two the two losses in a tie during the regular season, neither quarterback, none of the quarterbacks um, completed more than half their passes. I mean, it was six of 19, eight of 17. And and Tyrod Taylor, by the way, was 15 of 40 in that game. That was the pouring rain, if you remember that. 15 so, of 40. Yeah. So those are the quarterbacks that, that uh, when facing Ben Roethlisberger, have not fallen to feet. And out of all of those, who is the only one who never lost? Well, hold on. Take Tyrod Taylor out of it because he only played the one time and they tied. So he doesn't count because he didn't beat Ben Roethlisberger. Who's the only one of those three quarterbacks that beat Ben Roethlisberger and never lost to him? Brady Quinn. That was Brady Quinn with the whopping six of 19 for 90 yards. Now I'm done. (laughs) Wow. Gosh. I I was trying to look at that that, uh, famous gif or meme or whatever it is with all of the – all of the names on the jersey, and I was thinking of Derek Anderson came into my mind, and I'm yeah. surprised yeah. he wasn't one. Um, Derek Anderson, he has the second most starts against the Steelers against Ben Roethlisberger. Well, is this against Ben Roethlisberger? This was in the Ben Roethlisberger era. This doesn't count the games that Ben didn't play. So since 2004, he has the second most starts against the Steelers with four, and he is 0-4. Oh, There's also was, oh, and 4 Jake, daylight come and you got a Delhomme. Everyone forgets that Jake Delhomme went to Cleveland at the end of his career. Yeah. Um, he he never faced the Steelers since Ben Roethlisberger was drafted. Really? He never started the game. Oh, okay. Yeah. Don't forget Johnny Football. Oh, mm-hmm. Money Manziel. Yep. Um, Brandon Whedon beat the Steelers and never lost to them as a quarterback for Cleveland, but that was in 2012 and that was Gosh. not against Ben Roethlisberger. Okay. Um, oh, wait, wait. Who who was that? I said was Brandon, Brandon, Tom- Brandon. Was it Brandon Mike Zach or Batch that he beat? Uh, I'm not sure. Oh, I didn't have to. You really bringing this up? Like <laughs> Tom Zach has it, some Chris, pristine okay. record. It was Batch, but I love Batch. Yeah. I'm just messing with you guys. If you, if, <laughs> I know I blasphemed. I what little. This was almost trivia, but there was no way I could ask the question because it's more of just um, a, a, a little interesting note. In games against the Cleveland Browns, Ben Roethlisberger has thrown touchdown passes to 20 different players. Oh, good gravy. Since 2004, the Cleveland Browns have started 
19 different quarterbacks against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So Ben Roethlisberger's thrown a touchdown to only one more player than what the Browns have had to start against the Steelers in, in the same time. Now, a couple of those started, but but not against Ben Roethlisberger. So. I love Ben throwing some shade in his press conference this week about, well, I'm glad I'm just not the winning, I'm not the winningest quarterback yeah. in that stadium anymore. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's do some final thoughts, Brian. Go ahead. Bye week's over. So this is a long haul, but you have the Steelers every single week for hopefully 15 to 16 weeks, but we know there's 11 more games to go. There's something funny about this team where Jeff brought it up earlier and asked if our expectations changed. And I've been thinking about that after my answer, and I keep on going with it. I just feel like this is a team that we don't completely trust yet, but we know their background. We know the makeup of this team, and we trust that they're going to come in and have an us-against-the-world mentality and you're going to see some magic. You're going to see them go down to the wire, not saying they're in, not saying they're out, but I know that they are going to, they're going to play hard. (laughs) Dave, final thoughts. Oh my goodness. I could overanalyze this game until I am blue in the face, but uh, what's, there's so many different things. When I go to sit down on my couch Sunday, I know I'm, I'm going to be sitting in the same spot, looking at the same television, saying the last time this team went up against the Cleveland Browns, it all fell apart on the very first play. And I, I'm, I'm not going to forget that. I know that's not what motivates the team, but that's going to be in the back of my mind. And that's why I'm just like, I don't know what to expect. I don't know what to expect. I'll tell you one thing, though, I do like, is the Pittsburgh Steelers, they – when they get the Cleveland Browns in one o'clock games, it's a whole different story because the only one they have lost since 2014 was week 17 last year when they were 10 and a half point underdogs and still were a two point conversion away of sending that game to overtime with Mason Rudolph as the quarterback. So there's something about playing football, uh, NFL football, when God intended at one, at 1 p.m. on Sundays that hopefully the Steelers would just go in there take care of business, and then, boy, do things get interesting after that. But you, you got to go in and, and, and do what you got to do. I'd like Brian to read this super chat that I'm going to put on the screen here. Chris Covage gives us Mayfield $5. reminds me of the ancient proverb. Confucius says, itchy butt, stinky finger, ghost. <laughs> Chris, what is that? Chris Covage. Chris Covage. Chris Five dollars with dip jar. <laughs> Confucius say. Confucius say. Itchy but stinky finger. <laughs> All right. I, and and I gotta apologize to Dave because I'm not mature enough to see that on the screen, and he's saying very poignant things, and I'm just like. I was I was reading stats on a different on a, on a different tab. I didn't see it until you read it, and I'm like, oh my goodness! <laughs> Some dude paid five bucks for that to be read right on the air. There you go. All right, hey, what five dollars. Well you, you took my line. Five dollars well spent. All right, send Kudos. this out, Dave. Send this hey. out. There you go. Hey, go Steelers. We'll see you next week. Take it easy. Oh, how it rips me, but makes me live. For tomorrow